0: GreenSense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor drawing system. Visit CEATECHN.com to learn more. Is there a silent clean energy manufacturing boom happening in the U.S.? I'm Robert Colangelo and this is GreenSense where we bring you eco-innovations that are changing your world. Dan McCarthy's news editor at Canary Media, he wrote an article about the six key takeaways about the US clean energy manufacturing boom that will surprise you. He joins us now to discuss the article. Dan, welcome to Green Sense. Thanks for having me. Let's start out with Canary Media. It's an independent nonprofit newsroom covering the transition to clean energy and solutions to the climate crisis. Uh, Tell us more.
1: Yeah, sure. So I mean, you you kind of nailed the mission statement there. But, you know, Canary Media is a relatively new outlet. We formed in April 2021. And although it's a new outlet, it is the product of a bunch of clean energy journalists who have been covering the space for a really long time. Uh, many of them were at Green Tech Media before, which any listeners who were who are uh very immersed in the clean energy space will likely be familiar with. And uh, yeah, when the publication shut down, Green Tech Media, they kind of banded together to form a new one, and Canary Media is the result of that. We mm-hmm. are a relatively small team, about sixteen of us now. And yeah, as you said, we're covering the transition to clean energy, and it's a relatively poorly understood topic. We think, and you know, we're we're trying to do our best to change that.
0: Did you know Michael Canellis?
1: No. No, oh, I did
0: not. I think he worked at Green Tech. He he uh, had been on the show a number of times. Uh, great guy. Yeah. I saw him on sixty minutes. He covered the uh, one of the first fuel cells, and uh, so we we saw him on sixty minutes, and then he was a reoccurring guest on the show. But you guys yeah. did great work there. So That's let's great. get into maybe one of your favorite topics. Uh, you. You're the news editor at uh, Canary Media. How'd you get interested in uh, covering clean energy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be clear, I'm, I'm actually one of the the newer people at Canary Media. I didn't come from the green tech squad. That was, um, you know, the people who founded it. And I I joined more recently from a publication called Morning Brew, uh, which is a business news publication. And I was the tech editor there. Uh, and in that time, I was able to cover clean energy and climate tech as kind of part of this really big umbrella of technology, uh, which can kind of mean whatever you want it to mean. Uh, and you know in in covering clean energy through that, I just really came to love the the topic. I mean, it's really uh, really easy to feel like nothing is happening about climate change and nothing is happening with respect to an energy transition if you don't seek out information about it. And you know the closer I got to the topic, the more, uh, inspired I felt and the more interested I felt and dare I say the more hopeful I felt uh, you know about sort of uh, the 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 energy transition and and all that. so uh, that's how I wound up cl- covering clean energy and I got lucky enough to you know get into canary media uh, in my current role as news editor and here I am.
0: But with the Inflation Reduction Act, this is a good time to be in clean energy and all that's happening technologically. So let's get into the six points into your article. Sure. Uh, the first one is clean energy manufacturing is no longer a niche. It's all at the for- it's at the forefront in the US economy. So what verticals make up clean energy manufacturing? Sure. I, a, a broad stroke of what does that include?
1: Yeah. Well, the, the big ones are solar manufacturing solar panels, manufacturing lithium-ion batteries that both go into electric vehicles uh, and also stationary storage batteries that can be used to store solar that is, you know, over-generated during the day when it's sunny out, so that it can be dispatched at night when there's no sun, or same thing with wind when the wind is blowing. Um, and then, of course, there's wind manufacturing, so creating turbines and blades and things like that, uh, as well as, uh, I-, I mentioned EVs, but yeah, assembling electric vehicles. Uh, you-, you could count more nascent technologies like uh, hydrogen electrolyzers, um, you know, things like that, but the core ones are what I just mentioned, you know, solar, wind, EVs, batteries.
0: We like to be fact-based on the show, so what data do you have to support that the US is in the forefront of manufacturing clean energy technology.
1: Yeah, the big the big number right now that, you know, we've been kind of talking about in our coverage is that in the last 10 months or so since the Inflation Reduction Act was passed, just just between last August and this is through the end of May, about 75 billion dollars in clean energy manufacturing mm-hmm. investment has been announced. And that's both new projects and some factory expansions, you know, of existing facilities. Uh, But it's about 100 different projects, a little bit less than that, that make up that number. And again, it's in less than a year that all of this investment has kind of opened up. And it's part of this bigger factory boom in the US that's kind of under discussed right now, you know, manufacturing spending, I think, has just about doubled between this year and last year, it's Largely due to the Inflation Reduction Act, but also the Chips and Science Act, which put about fifty billion dollars into semiconductor manufacturing in the U.S. Uh, and you know, manufacturing as a whole in the U.S. is kind of surging back to life a bit. And I think there's a good case to be made that clean energy is a big part of that. I'll I'll leave you with one last number on it, which is that uh, some analysis by Blue Green Alliance said says that. Uh, in the next ten years, thanks to the Inflation Reduction Act, every year there will be one million new jobs created in clean energy manufacturing. Uh, for context, there's about 13 million people who work in manufacturing in the U.S. total right now, that's and that's one million created every year. <laughs>
0: it's so 10 percent. Yeah, and it's you know it's a, it's a
1: forecast, right? So grain of salt, but even if they're off by half, <laughs> it's still significant, right? So. Uh, yeah, I think there's a great case to be made for it being right front and center.
0: So the sixty-four thousand dollar question, with rising interest rates and talk about the economy being on the brink of recession, why don't we hear uh, much about this in the mainstream industry? Why is this the best kept secret that there's a boom here?
1: <laughs> it's it's hard to say, um, you know, and and we're doing our best to change sure. it. That canary.
0: <laughs> There's only 16 of you. <laughs> that's right. There's only 16 of us and
1: that's including the business side. So, it's you know, we're, we're a small group, but, you know, I mean, I think part of it is that clean energy can feel a bit abstract to people who aren't close up to it. You know, not everyone has probably not, you know, the majority of people haven't been super close to an electric vehicle, a solar panel, you know, they don't have the hands-on experience with it. I think the energy system and utilities are also just generally kind of an abstract concept, and that's where a lot of, mm. you know, this stuff kind of resides. Um, it's it's hard, you know. I, I don't quite I don't quite have a clear answer on it, but it's definitely a problem. And but you would
0: think the Biden administration would want to take all sorts of credit yeah, for this. I mean, you you never what? hear much about this at all. You know, in fact, the, the Inflation the, Reduction Act has been out for a while, but I didn't even know if it was being administered.
1: Well, <laughs> is, you know, it's a it's a good point, and you know that. I think there, it's something like two thirds of Americans have heard of the Inflation Reduction Act, just just at least like heard the title, but only like 20 percent of them know that there's anything in there that would have a benefit to them. Uh, and that was from a survey done earlier this year. So and that's despite the fact that there's like all these tax credits inside of the Inflation Reduction Act that cover everything from getting new windows on your house that are more energy efficient to, uh, you know, helping you offset the cost of upgrading your uh, electrical panel to bigger things like you know, putting solar on your roof. But the point point being, people don't even know about the stuff that can directly benefit them as, you know, an individual homeowner or, or just general person out there living their life. They certainly don't know about the manufacturing boom because that's just like it's just another <laughs> layer of abstraction on top of it, and it's it's a problem. Um, there, there definitely is some mainstream coverage. you know, New York Times did a piece coincidentally, I think, like a week before we, uh, published a bunch of our coverage on this topic that had the same essential thesis of you know climate loss spurring a bunch of investment in clean energy, but you know yeah I don't know we're not the first to observe it, but it, it certainly has not really broken through to the. Well, general.
0: hopefully we'll help uh, uh, bring awareness to more. Let's get yeah. into point two. Uh, clean energy manufacturing is surging in the U.S. the but, but the country is far from self sufficient what needs to be done to make the us self sufficient and do we want to be self sufficient
1: yeah it's a, it's a complicated <laughs> question i mean if you ask joe manchin the only who <laughs> for listeners who don't know was the deciding vote in the inflation reduction act it would not have passed without him and it didn't seem like it was going to pass for a while because of him but it did and if you ask him why he voted he's going to tell you you know 100% of the reason was energy security and he wants us to be able to get To a place that uh, you know, we're producing all of the we're in control of our energy destiny. Basically, Um, so some people think it's very important. Some people think it's less important. Right? There's kind of the the two schools of thought on it. Um, But what will it mean for us to be self sufficient? It kind of depends on how you define it, right? You know, if you mean 100% self sufficient, the U.S. will have a lot more mines. The U.S. will have a lot more refineries and processing plants the US will have a lot more factories, which you know, as we've said, we're getting those. Um, and that's a really simplified picture, right? But the point is, it's not just factories, right? We, You need to mine the minerals, like for instance, for batteries and EVs, you need to mine the minerals that go into the battery, you need to refine those minerals, then you need to assemble them and you assemble them into all these different parts that then need to be assembled into the bigger part. And then it might go into a car that, that also needs to be assembled, right? So there's all these steps in the supply chain and it's a really wickedly complex thing to try and become completely self-sufficient and and probably not totally possible because we don't we simply like don't have the mineral reserves for some of the stuff that we need in the US alone. Recycling would help offset some of that and there's efforts at battery recycling that are really promising but um you know realistically the US is not going to be 100% self-sufficient on clean energy but it can control more of its destiny Um, and onshoring manufacturing is a big step toward that.
0: Especially when geopolitics starts shifting from oil to different minerals and and components of of these uh, clean energy things, those are the ones that we want to control. Let's move on to the next one. The Inflation Reduction Act is reversing the year-long slowdown in U.S. wind manufacturing. Uh, Dan, we could spend an entire show on the IRA and would be happy to have you back to discuss just that in detail it's complex and as you said there's a lot into it but let's uh, drill down into your point how has the ir specifically assisted wind manufacturing and what kind of companies are the beneficiaries
1: yeah so I mean, I mean the short the short answer here is tax credits right so there there was a tax credit that's been around for it's been around for some time i'm not sure exactly when it went into effect but basically it Helped make producing the parts necessary for wind turbine or for uh, for offshore wind uh, economic or sorry onshore wind economic in in the U.S. and those tax credits had lapsed before because right, the government just kind of just kind of let it lapse and there was uncertainty about whether that was going to lapse again and the industry really likes certainty right they want to know that their cost is going to be X in a certain year. And it's not going to change. And when they had this uncertainty around these tax credits that subsidized the cost of producing uh, some of the parts needed for wind, you know, they get scared. And that led a couple uh, wind manufacturers like Siemens, um, another one uh, from Vestas, which have had suspended operations in the U.S. because they were like, you know, we don't we just don't know if we're going, if the numbers are going to work out if this tax credit doesn't come through. Inflation Reduction Act locked that tax credit in for a decade uh, and gave the industry that certainty back, essentially. And they don't have to do the wavering that they did before with the sort of, is it going to be there? Is it going to not? They know it's there for a decade. They can make investments based on that. Uh, And in fact, the companies I mentioned before, so Siemens reopened, I believe, two uh, wind manufacturing plants uh, after the Inflation Reduction Act was passed. And uh, CS Wind, which is a Chinese firm, started uh, expanding a wind manufacturing facility, turbine manufacturing facility in Colorado that it had bought from Vestas. Um, and it's planning to become the world's largest plant for wind towers by 2028. So the, this this sort of thing was on pause before the Inflation Reduction Act and is now kind of picking up steam again, again because of that certainty
0: are ira funds evenly distributed among the states or are you seeing certain winners either because of size or politics i what comes to mind is california mm-hmm. you know they've set some pretty high bars there on what mm-hmm. they want to do uh for greenhouse gas reductions are they getting a disproportional amount or are there other states that are getting more
1: yeah i mean it's almost the complete opposite of what you would expect so it's not it's not an even distribution uh and it's it, it, but the the it's disproportionate in favor of generally red states in the Southeast. So Georgia, South Carolina, Tennessee, um, and North Carolina are some of the leading states. Georgia's, Georgia and South Carolina are really the, the two big ones in Georgia by a, a bigger shot. I think the number that we had was about 17 billion is, you know, how much of that uh, manufacturing investment they've received since the IRA, uh, which is, by far the most of any state. And it's interesting, right? It does kind of, it's not the the kind of um, clean energy crusaders that are getting most of the money. It's, It's really these Southeastern states that have, you know, environments that are perhaps a bit more business friendly, which can be a bit of a euphemism for, you know, there's a little bit less labor power. You know, the unions are weaker down there, especially with respect to EV uh, manufacturing, and, uh, you know, a lot of the investment that those states are getting is in electric vehicle and battery manufacturing for electric vehicles. It's really kind of a new automotive hotspot, and it just happens to be, you know, electrified. Uh, And, yeah, I mean, these states also have really aggressively pursued some of these funds. Georgia has has a person in their government who is dedicated to sort of drumming up business from south korean firms south korean firms uh south korea is home to some of the largest battery makers in the world there aren't that many companies that can make batteries at a large scale um, and south korea has two of them and you know there's a person in georgia's government who literally has kind of courted those companies to come and invest in the state and they won
0: Plus you have big utilities down there with big lobbying efforts like Duke Energy and Georgia Mm -hmm. power. Uh, So you've actually answered the fourth point, the Southeastern United States is emerging as a key hub for clean energy and manufacturing. And these are some of the reasons why, and it is counterintuitive because the South is predominantly a Republican based uh, area and uh, Dems have been pretty much supportive of these renewable energy programs. Uh, So has that flourished because of local policies or more just a good aggressive business?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the understanding that, that we have, and this is from some reporting that uh, Julian Spector who's a senior reporter at Canary media uh, did for uh, on this topic is, is, you know, they, they have a friendly business environment. Like I said, you know, they've got kind of lower taxes, a little bit less labor power. They're co- they're putting together these huge incentive programs. You know, they're really, they're really going out there and selling their state as a good place to do business. Uh, and companies liked what they saw in the case of Georgia too. There's an interesting thing. They've got, um, they've got a workforce training program called quick start. It's been in been around since like the sixties and essentially it's just, you know, Hey company, we will make sure that you don't have totally green employees. If you come here, we'll do a little bit of the training for you will you know give you people who are yeah prime. I didn't
0: know what you meant by green green could be taken by the way <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point good point as in new to the field young right? unexperienced not yeah. environmentally yeah. motivated yes <laughs> yes
1: yes that's true I should I should be more precise in this context but you know they they uh they essentially just do, do a little bit of the work uh to train the companies and and some some of the firms that have gone there have cited that as a reason as well. So
0: well, your fifth point was about tax credits, and so what makes tax credits Byzantine, and why are they working for the clean energy industry
1: i mean they're 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 just really really complex to administer you know it's it's not as cut and dried as every electric vehicle gets you know thirty percent off and you see that in your tax returns um it's these are, it's weird, our our climate law is being administered through the tax code, basically, right? So we've got these really um, contentious debates that are happening around every single clean energy tax credit, pretty much, about what exactly ought to qualify, because pretty much every tax credit eligibility is predicated on some amount of made in America, you know, some threshold of made in America, right? So for EVs, for instance, you... Uh, in order for the electric vehicle to qualify for the tax credit, it needs to have some portion of its battery uh, battery components made, uh, assembled in the USA. It Needs to have some portion of the minerals that come from the USA or free trade partners. So there are these stipulations that are just really debated because it, it goes down. It gets as granular as like, okay, forty percent of the battery materials by 2026. 50% by 2027, right? So there's all this granularity that comes with it. And these things are just, you know, th- that's what the IRS is working to figure out. And the treasury is working to figure out and releasing kind of guidance on in a slow trickle. Uh, and it's just very complicated. Um, but why are they working? The reason that they work is that they're subsidies. You know, at the end of the day, they might be complex to administer. Um but people and they figure f- it out. <laughs> yeah. And they might not apply to every single person, they have some stipulations, but if you meet those stipulations, you get a lot of money back, right? So there's there's both tax credits for producers that make it cost less to produce clean energy products in the US. Um, and there are also tax credits on the consumer side, like the electric vehicle one, and those incentivize consumers to purchase clean, uh, you know, clean energy products that they may not have been able to afford previously or didn't or that weren't cost competitive before. And that has the upstream effect of making it a little bit, making it make more economic sense for the producers to make the things. Uh, and again, all of those tax credits are contingent to some extent. It varies. <laughs> it varies a lot. It varies year to year, credit to credit, but all of them are contingent to some extent on the thing in question being made in the U.S.,
0: and you could see why that doesn't make the evening news. <laughs>
1: <Right>? <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: So, your last point is none of this is going to succeed if the US doesn't quickly train a qualified workforce. So, the question I have is a lot of clean energy is new industry mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of experience. So, who's going to train the trainers to train the new workers?
1: <laughs> it's a great question. I mean, I mentioned. The Georgia quick start program before, which is one model that you know some states could take. And, and you can see states playing a role here in saying, uh, you know, if you, hey, company, we want you to invest in a clean energy manufacturing facility here, we'll take some of the burden of training your employees off of you. That's what Georgia has done. Other states could follow. Um, and that's one route. Uh I mean, companies themselves can also do it right like they are the ones who have the manufacturing expertise in house and of course they do train people um, and it's going to be that's going to be one of the primary ways that it happens. Uh, But, you know, these companies want to move fast also so to your point it's important for there to be other actors kind of helping move things along.
0: What about unions? Historically, they've been good at apprentice programs and uh, training a workforce to do installation. Is this a new way to uh, either reinvent themselves or to create an opportunity to create apprentice programs along clean energy manufacturing?
1: Sure. I mean, I, th- I think I, I don't I don't see why not. I'll, to be to be clear, you know, I'm no expert in in union history, but i don't I don't see why it wouldn't be an opportunity that they could seize and you know, I think with, with cars, it's really complex because EVs require less, they have fewer parts than internal combustion vehicles, which means less labor is required to manufacture them. Um, and this is an issue that Sean Fein, the president of the UAW, has been pretty vocal about, you know, this is a problem and we got to make sure people don't get left behind. And so there's some complications with some of it, right, where, you know, that's still being negotiated, especially on the automotive front um but you know for for unions like the uh IBEW you know electrical workers sure i mean like we yeah. need you know a lot more electricians that's not manufacturing exactly but right. in order to put the stuff into practice after it's been made we need so many more electricians so
0: that's what that's, i would think the electric union could really be licking yeah. their chops here
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that that one feels straightforward and 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 it's it's well known that we need a lot more <laughs> at least you know, we need a lot more electricians.
0: Uh, and then we we
1: did a we did a piece uh, as well on kind of coal, on uh, the the mining workers union and some of their efforts to train displaced coal workers into clean energy jobs. It's really early on. You know, they've started a couple of programs with it, and they're you know talking to some battery manufacturers about like, hey, we've got smart, hardworking, skilled people who you know don't have jobs at the moment or are underemployed. Maybe we could figure something out here. And there's a company called Sparks that's working with them in West Virginia. But the plant hasn't even, I'm not sure if the plant has even broken ground yet. Maybe it has broken ground, but it's not up and running. So it's early. It's early still.
0: Dan, any closing remarks?
1: You know, I mean, I think we've covered a lot of ground here, but um, I'll just reiterate what I kind of, opened up with, which is that it's only been 10 months since the Inflation Reduction Act passed. And, you know, we're sitting here talking about, you know, figures that are (laughs) approaching $100 billion in investment, more than 100 or nearly 100 factory announcements that have been made. uh, And it's it's less than a year since the bill was passed. All of the tax credits I talked about, all the subsidies I talked about, they're locked in for a decade. Uh, So there's a lot more. To come i would expect you know i don't i can't tell the future but i would expect the incentives are there for there to be a lot more investment and uh you know exciting excited to see where it'll go
0: well dan that was an informative and enjoyable uh, conversation thank you for joining us on the Green Sense show thank you that's dan mccarthy news editor at canary media who wrote about america's best kept secret the u.s clean energy manufacturing boom Visit the GreensenseShow.com website to learn more about sponsorship. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to Greensense and check out the Greensense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 FM WBBM, Chicago. Greensense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor growing system. Visit C E A T E C H N dot to learn more.